Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, June 27th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We've added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We've also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you'll find everything there you need to nurture and grow your small group. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Chukat, and it means ordinance of, and also Balak. Numbers 21, 1-35 When the Canaanite king of Arad, who dwelt in the Negev, learned that Israel was coming by the way of Atharim, he engaged Israel in battle and took some of them captive. Then Israel made a vow to Hashem and said, If you deliver this people into our hand, we will proscribe their towns. Hashem heeded Israel's plea and delivered up the Canaanites, and they and their cities were proscribed. So that place was named Hormah. They set up from Mount Hor by the way of the Sea of Reeds to skirt the land of Edom. But the people grew restive on the journey, and the people spoke against Hashem and against Moses, Why did you make us leave Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread and no water, and we have come to loathe this miserable food. 
Hashem sent seraph serpents against the people. They bit the people, and many of the Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned by speaking against Hashem and against you. Intercede with Hashem to take away the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then Hashem said to Moses, Make a seraph figure and mount it on a standard. And if anyone who is bitten looks at it, he shall recover. Moses made a copper serpent and mounted it on a standard. And when anyone was bitten by a serpent, he would look at the copper serpent and recover. The Israelites marched on and encamped at Oboth. They set out from Oboth and encamped at Ibabiram in the wilderness, bordering on Moab to the east. From there they set out and encamped at the Wadi Zered. From there they set out and encamped beyond the Arnon, that is, in the wilderness that extends from the territory of the Amorites. For the Arnon is the boundary of Moab between Moab and the Amorites. Therefore, the book of the wars of Hashem speaks of Wahab and Sufa and the Wadis, the Arnon, with its tributary Wadis stretched along the settled country of Ar, hugging the territory of Moab. And from there to Beer, which is the well where Hashem said to Moses, Assemble the people that I may give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing to it. The well, which the chieftains dug, which the nobles of the people started with maces and with their own staffs, and from Midbar to Matana, and from Matana to Nahaliel, and from Nahaliel to Bamoth, and from Bamoth to the valley that is in the country of Moab, at the peak of Pisgah, overlooking the wasteland. Israel now sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through your country. We will not turn off into fields or vineyards, and we will not drink water from wells. We will follow the king's highway until we have crossed your territory. But Sihon would not let Israel pass through his territory. Sihon gathered all his people and went out against Israel in the wilderness. He came to Jahaz and engaged Israel in battle. But Israel put them to the sword and took their possession of the land from the Arnon to the Jabbok as far as Oz of the Ammonites, for Oz marked the boundary of the Ammonites. Israel took all those towns, and Israel settled in all the towns of the Amorites in Heshbon and all its dependencies. Now Heshbon was the city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who had fought against a former king of Moab and taken all his land from him as far as the Arnon. Therefore the bards would recite, Come to Heshbon, firmly built and well-founded, is Sihon's city. For fire went forth from Heshbon, flame from Sihon's city, consuming Ar of Moab, the lords of Bamoth by the Arnon. Woe to you, O Moab! You are undone, O people of Chemish. His sons are rendered fugitive, and his daughters captive, by an Amorite king, Sihon. Yet 
We have cast them down utterly, Heshbon along with Dibon. We have wrought desolation at Nopa, which is hard by Mediba. So Israel occupied the land of the Amorites. Then Moses sent to spy out Jazer, and they captured its dependencies and dispossessed the Amorites who were there. They marched on and went up the road to Bashan, and King Og of Bashan with all his people came out to Edrai to engage them in battle. But Hashem said to Moses, Do not fear him, for I give him and all his people and his land into your hand. You shall do to him as you did to Sihon king of the Amorites who dwelt in Heshbon. They defeated him and his sons and all his people until no remnant was left him, and they took possession of his country. Second Kings ten thirty two to twelve twenty one. In those days Hashem began to reduce Israel, and Hazael harassed them throughout the territory of Israel, east of the Jordan, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, the Reubenites, and the Manassites, from Aror to the Wadi Arnon, up to Gilead and Bashan. The other events of Jehu's reign, and all his actions, and all his exploits are recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. Jehu slept with his fathers, and he was buried in Shomron. He was succeeded as king by his son Jehoahaz. Jehu reigned over Israel for twenty-eight years in Shomron. When Ataliah, the mother of Akaziahu learned that her son was dead, she promptly killed off all who were of royal stock. But Jehusheba, daughter of King Joram and sister of Akaziahu, secretly took Akaziahu's son Joash away from among the princes who were being slain, and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. And they kept him hidden from Atalia, so that he was not put to death. He stayed there with her for six years, hidden in the house of Hashem, while Atalia reigned over the land. In the seventh year, Yehoiada sent for the chiefs of the hundreds of the Karaites and of the guards, and had them come to him in the house of Hashem. He made a pact with them, exacting an oath from them in the house of Hashem, and he showed them the king's son. He instructed them, This is what you must do. One-third of those who are on duty for the week shall maintain guard over the royal palace. Another third shall be stationed at the Sur gate, and the third shall be at the gate behind the guards. You shall keep guard over the house on every side. The two divisions of yours who are off duty this week shall keep guard over the house of Hashem for the protection of the king. You shall surround the king on every side, every man with his weapons at the ready, and whoever breaks through the ranks shall be killed. Stay close to the king in his comings and goings. The chiefs of hundreds did just as Jehoiada ordered. Each took his men, those who were on duty that week, and those who were off duty that week, and they presented themselves to Yehoiada the Kohen. The Kohen gave the chiefs of hundreds 
King David's spears and quivers that were kept in the house of Hashem. The guards, each with his weapons at the ready, stationed themselves from the south end of the house to the north end of the house, at the altar and the house, to guard the king on every side. Yahuyada then brought out the king's son, and placed upon him the crown and the insignia. They anointed him and proclaimed him king. They clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king! When Atalia heard the shouting of the guards and the people, she came out to the people in the house of Hashem. She looked about and saw the king standing by the pillar, as was the custom, the chiefs with their trumpets beside the king, and all the people of the land rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Atalia rent her garments and cried out, Treason! Treason! Then the Kohen, Yehoyada, gave the command to the army officers, the chiefs of hundreds, and said to them, Take her out between the ranks, and if anyone follows her, put him to the sword. For the Kohen thought, Let her not be put to death in the house of Hashem. They cleared a passageway for her, and she entered the royal palace through the horse's entrance. There she was put to death. And Yehoyada solemnized the covenant between Hashem on the one hand, and the king and the people on the other, as well as between the king and the people, that they should be the people of Hashem. Thereupon all the people of the land went to the temple of Baal. They tore it down and smashed its altars and images to bits, and they slew Matan, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Yahuyada, the Kohen, then placed guards over the house of Hashem. He took the chiefs of hundreds, the Karaites, the guards, and all the people of the land, and they escorted the king from the house of Hashem into the royal palace by the gate of the guards, and he ascended the royal throne. All the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet. As for Atalia, she had been put to the sword in the royal palace. Joash began his reign in the seventh year of Jehu, and Joash was seven years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem forty years. His mother's name was Zabiah of Beersheba. All his days Joash did what was pleasing to Hashem, as the Kohen Yehuyada instructed him. The shrines, however, were not removed. The people continued to sacrifice and offer at the shrines. Joash said to the Kohanim, All the money, current money, brought into the house of Hashem as sacred donations, any money a man may pay as the money equivalent of persons, or any other money that a man may be minded to bring to the house of Hashem. Let the Kohanim receive it, each from his benefactor. They in turn shall make repairs on the house wherever damage may be found. But... In the twenty-third year of King Joash, it was found that the Kohanim had not made the repairs on the house. So King Joash summoned the Kohen, Yehoyada, and the other Kohanim, and said to them, Why have you not kept the house in repair? Now do not accept money from your benefactors any more, but have it donated for the repair of the house. The Kohanim agreed, 
that they would neither accept money from the people nor make repairs on the house. And the Kohen, Yehoyada, took a chest and bore a hole in its lid. He placed it at the right side of the altar as one entered the house of Hashem, and the priestly guards of the threshold deposited there all the money that was brought into the house of Hashem. Whenever they saw that there was much money in the chest, the royal scribe and the Kohen Gadol would come up and put the money accumulated in the house of Hashem into bags, and they would count it. Then they would deliver the money that was weighed out to the overseers of the work who were in charge of the house of Hashem. These, in turn, used to pay the carpenters and the laborers who worked on the house of Hashem, and the masons and the stone cutters. They also paid for wood and for quarried stone with which to make the repairs on the house of Hashem, and for every other expenditure that had to be made in repairing the house. However, no silver bowls and no snuffers, basins, or trumpets, no vessels of gold or silver were made at the house of Hashem from the money brought into the house of Hashem. This was given only to the overseers of the work for the repair of the house of Hashem. No check was kept on the men to whom the money was delivered to pay the workers, for they dealt honestly. Money brought as a guilt offering or as a sin offering was not deposited in the house of Hashem. It went to the Kohanim. At that time, King Hazael of Aram came up and attacked Gath and captured it, and Hazael proceeded to march on Jerusalem. Thereupon, King Joash of Yehuda took all the objects that had been consecrated by his fathers, King Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, and Akazyahu of Yehuda, by, and by himself, and all the gold that there was in the treasuries of the temple of Hashem and in the royal palace. And he sent them to King Hazael of Aram, who then turned back from his march on Jerusalem. The other events of Joash's reign and all his actions are recorded in the annals of the kings of Yehuda. His courtiers formed a conspiracy against Joash and assassinated him at Beth Milo that leads down to Silla. The courtiers who assassinated him were Jazakar, son of Shimeah, and Jehozabad, son of Shomer. He died and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and his son Amatya succeeded him as king. Acts 18 1 to 22. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought for by their occupation they were tent-makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit, and testified to the Jews that Yeshua was Messiah. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, 
He shook his raiment and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Then spoke the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not your peace. For I am with you, and no man shall set on you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. And when Gallio was the deputy of Achaia, the Jews made insurrection with one accord against Paul, and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was now about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrong or wicked lewdness, O you Jews, reason would that I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names, and of your law, look to it, for I will be no judge of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the chief ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. And Gallio cared for none of those things. And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while, and then took his leave of the brethren, and sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Sancria, for he had a vow. And he came to Ephesus, and left them there. But he sent himself, he himself entered into the synagogue, and reasoned with the Jews. When they desired him to tarry longer with them, he consented not, but bade them farewell, saying, I must by all means keep this feast that comes in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you if God wills it. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and saluted the church, he went down to Antioch. Psalm 145, 1-21 I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless your name for ever and ever. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of your majesty, and of your wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of your terrible acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of your great goodness, and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power 
to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all that fall and raises up all those that he bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon you, and you give them their meat in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserves all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name for ever and ever. Proverbs 18.1 Through desire a man, having separated himself, seeks and intermeddles with all wisdom. I want to speak to you today from our reading from the Torah portion from Numbers chapter 21. And in this chapter, the people begin to speak against the Lord and against Moses. And in verse 5, they say, Why did you make us leave Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread and no water, and we've come to loathe this miserable food. And they were speaking against the manna. And so because of this attitude, these words, this complaining and murmuring that the people got into, the Lord sent poisonous snakes into the camp. And the snakes bit the people and many of them died. And so then the people come to Moses and they said, We have sinned by speaking against Hashem and against you. Please intercede with God and take away the serpents from us. And so Moses, ever the intercessor, does just that for them. And the Lord tells Moses to make a snake figure and mount it on a standard. And if anyone who is bitten looks at it, he shall recover. Verse 9, Moses makes this copper serpent and he mounts it on a standard like a pole. And then when anyone was bitten by a serpent, he would look at the copper serpent and he would recover. This is called, in modern day, the caduceus, and it is the symbol that doctors post uh, the snake that's wrapped around the standard, the caduceus, and it's a symbol of healing. So let's just unpack that a little bit. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Verse 14 and 15, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springs up, causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. So a bitter root defiles many. Let me read that in a slightly different translation. In the NIV, it says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up 
to cause trouble and defile many. So how does that happen? If you've ever been terribly wronged, terribly oppressed, exploited, betrayed through treachery, you know what it feels like to be bitten by the snake. If you've ever been through a tragic divorce or ripped off or robbed from a partner in a business situation or taken advantage of by a family member, you know what it is to be bitten by the snake. And when you've been exploited or taken advantage of, it leaves poison in your system. And then the question is, what are you going to do about it? Well, when you get bit by the snake and there's poison in your system, what we need to do is gaze upon the cross. We need to come to Yeshua in prayer and look upon the cross. He is the one that we are to look to. He's lifted up on the cross just like the snake The bronze snake was lifted up on that bronze standard. We look to Yeshua. We gaze deeply and we say, Yeshua, please take the poison out of me. I got bit. I got wounded. I got hurt. This person betrayed me. This person stabbed me in the back. This person exploited me and took advantage of me. Take the poison out. I purpose and choose to forgive that person, that situation. And then the poison is removed. If we don't do that, the poison remains. And the wound and the hurt becomes anger, unforgiveness, and bitterness. And then we have that poison inside of us. And when people get around us, Who wants to drink from a poisoned well? We want that well of water to be sweet and refreshing, not bitter and full of poison. So, beloved, if you have been bitten by the snake 10 years ago, 10 days ago, look to the cross, gaze deeply at the cross and of him who died for you with such love, such amazing love, that he laid down his life for you. Look to the cross and take the wound, take the hurt, take the betrayal, and bring it to the cross. Bring it to Yeshua. Give it to him and allow him to turn what was bitter into something sweet. Allow him to heal you by his spirit. Apply forgiveness to the person, to the situation, and leave it at the cross. And walk away. Be sweet and not bitter. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai Vish Merekah
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>